Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Great. Well, welcome back, John. Um, good to be here still. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you some questions about um, interviewing when you've been on the other side of the table, right? Rather than as the interviewer, oh. as the interviewee. So I'm always curious. I ask folks, um, how do you think you, you've done in interviews in the past? Um, do you feel like you, you know, you smashed them? Do you feel like you're, you're terrible at them somewhere in between? Right. Um, I believe knowledge works only when we're fully transparent. So this will be a very confessional answer. Um, I feel like I suck at being an interviewee. Um, I'm always so nervous. I'm always double, triple, quadruple, quintuple thinking through, you know, oh, when when they said, mm-hmm, and then took a cup, sip from their cup, they, they hated my response. Oh my God. Yeah. Um and and I think I think part of it is we put so much pressure on ourselves to be liked. Yeah. Right. That that somehow whether or not how the interview goes is a direct reflection on our own self-worth. Mm. Um, so I would say this, whenever, sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, how do you not give a five-part answer to this simple yeah. question? <laughs> um, because that's the way my brain works. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you have to get into a rhythm of getting out of your own head, mm. I think. Yeah. That first interview, when I'm on the when I'm on the market looking for something, I almost always try to make sure it's a job that I, re- I, 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 yeah, if I get it, great. If I don't, okay, you know, yeah. that, and maybe that's really a, a bad way to think of it. More on the side of if I don't get it, I'll be okay with not getting it. Yeah, right. Because you never want to apply for something that it's like, oh shit, I got the job as the, <laughs> the elephant behind Walker with the shovel. Uh, what uh. do I do now? <laughs> Right. We don't want to set ourselves up for that, but I always try to find, you know, kind of ease my way into it because the first one or two interviews I do are God awful. They're just, I'm nervous. I'm overthinking. I'm anxious. You know, I'm really, I'm just not there to be myself. I'm putting on this fake performance. Hmm. Um, You know, I've made reference to books and movies earlier. Uh, Men in black. It was Edgar, but it was an alien wearing an Edgar suit. Right. Sometimes in that interview process, I feel like I'm John, but not really John because I'm wearing a John suit. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say first one or two deplorably bad uh, when, mm-hmm. when I'm getting, and so it's, it's okay. And then, and then I kind of find my rhythm and, 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 and I think it's easier when I can remember all of the good things that I've done in my mm-hmm. career you know? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, especially if it's been a long dry spell, I've done some amazing things. Mm. Um, you know, my amazing things might be different than anybody else's. I, I got to be part of a team that figured out how to send uh, texts to Japanese handsets in Japan. Right. And it was really, really cool with a hundred percent guaranteed delivery. Right. And the solution ended up being really, really simple, but where we were at, we had just the right experience and perspective to put all the pieces together. Mm. 
uh, sorry, I've turned this into somehow how awesome I am. Uh, <laughs> let me let me stop doing that. It's okay to suck at interviews. It really genuinely is. It's okay to be nervous at interviews. Hmm. I go through that. Um, the trick is finding ways to get yourself excited and to remind yourself who you are and how to be you in the interview. Yeah. Um, and when I get there, whether I get the gig or not, I knock it out of the park. Sure. Because, because I'm there, I'm fully present, I'm confident in what I can and can't do, and I've given them a fair decision. And if they say, sorry, John, we're going to pass, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, offline, we talked about um, the fact that, that I have a passion for uh, community theater. Um, and community theater has really helped with that sense of they're not rejecting you as an artist mm. or as an actor or as a performer because your resume, your, your artist resume says that you can do Hello, Dolly. You can do mm. that monologue in uh, received pronunciation English, right? Which most people might see as, as a British accent. Um, what they're telling you is you're not the right person for this role right now. Yeah. And if we can get that kind of mindset and, and even if thickness of ego, is that, is that the right thing? But you know, thick skin Yeah. There where, you um, when you get rejected for an interview, just remind yourself you've done amazing things because it's what I have to do. I'm, I mean, I'm being very confessional here. I have to remind myself I've done good things. I have to remind myself that people like working with me and I have to remind myself that all they're saying is that I'm not the right person for this role right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so easy to let that self-doubt creep in no matter what. And I think some people might, might see your back. Like, oh, you worked at Amazon. You worked at all these brand name companies. Like how, how do you feel that way? Obviously you're, you're great at what you do. Right. So I think it's so funny <laughs> that, um, that even at, at a level where people are like, Oh, shouldn't you just be confident now? Right. Like it's so difficult to just like mentally fortify yourself of like, I've got this. I know I can do this job and, and be able to be effortless in an interview. It's just, it's, it's not easy to click on and off. Right. And no, it, it's like not. You, said it, you got to go through a couple of, okay, I know this isn't going to be my best interview, but I got to go through it. Right. And, and then you got to do another one. You go, okay. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable and I can be myself a little bit more. Okay. Now you start to gel a little bit. Right. And I think that's right. the hard part of like not getting the emotions wrapped up in it. And then I'm getting like a, a spiral of like, I don't even want to do this because I know how, how or like dreading how bad it's going to be. Right. No. And I, I wish I'd said that, um, you know, because it's, it, it's, it, it's so flipping true um, that the, I know, I know for a fact, the mindset that I carry into the interview will dictate the outcome. If I go in just just burdened with self-doubt, insecurity, mm. too many voices in my head mm. um, in terms of, you know, well, last time you were asked that question, you sucked at your answer. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? That, that self-critical tape. Yeah. Um, if I go into the interview carrying those things with me, I'm not going to get the job. Yeah. End of story. I am not going to get the job. But I do know that if I walk in there with, um, you know, Guy Smiley, I think his name was from the old Saturday Night Live, you know, I'm a really nice person and gosh, darn it. People really like me. Yeah, right? yeah. But if I, but if I can walk in with that kind of self-talk and confidence, they're going to react to that. Yeah. And, and almost always react positively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was a really interesting 
I think it was a, a Brad Pitt quote where he was talking about how he has he has self doubt and thinks has days where he thinks he's a terrible actor and yada 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 right. Is it, Brad, you know, and this was I think when it came out, it was the most famous whatever the yeah yeah the, the pinnacle of successful Hollywood actor right. And someone said, if that guy has self doubt and has a little thing in the back of his head saying you know you're not good enough, you're not doing this right, like why are we even listening to that voice? <laughs> like the voice is wrong. Right? Like it's very clear that I the know, voice right? is wrong. Right. Well, and it, it, but it's so hard to embrace that, that, okay, I got to push, I got to ignore that voice and believe that I can actually do this. Right. But it's true. And and that's a mindset that's difficult to get in. Um, And like you said, almost, there's almost some element of like, I got to put the face on first. And sometimes for me, it's literally the first couple minutes of the interview. I'm like, I'm almost, faking it like i have to put out more energy and more excitement than i normally would um in this moment because i'm just compensating for being you know 20 percent lower than i normally would be because i'm sad and depressed and scared about this interview right so i think it's so hard to find that balance it's very difficult and that's why i say look go in and be yourself uh the um uh be yourself. Yeah. You, you, you look, you've graduated. You've got the job experience. You've got the resume. You've got the measures of success. Um, what you're looking for is you're looking for your home. And and sometimes getting adopted is hard, yeah. right? It yeah. shouldn't be, but sometimes it is. And, uh, you know, we live in a, a culture that really kind of prides itself on measuring success, mm. right? Like, um, you know, you made the quote about Brad quit Brad Pitt. Um, I just saw him in two movies back to back. Uh, and now I'm going to draw a complete blank on one of them. Um, it's a romantic comedy, uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, and he plays like this, uh, it's just a bit character, right? But he plays this like really Zen, very centered superhero guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then he disappears from the movie. Right. But yeah. it's but the way he does it, he is so saturatedly present in that character that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just saw Bullet Train, where he plays a very different variation of that character, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, could we ignore Troy? Right? <laughs> it was Troy, right? I think that was yeah. the name of the movie. Right? Yeah. If we just ignore that film, you're a pretty good actor. Um, yeah. and I think I think the flip side and, and we can we could spend a whole another podcast on this the, the biggest trick in interviewing as an interviewee is to go in well coached hmm. and well coached in in our society is like see how successful and amazing i am and there is an element of that right but well coached also means you know how to be relaxed hmm. you know how to be present you know how to be appropriately confident and humble in the same mix with all of that being genuinely who you, who you are when you show up for work, right? Um, the worst thing you can do in an interview is wear a mask, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and I said earlier that interviews are somewhat adversarial, right? Mm -hmm. The person sitting as an interviewee, what are your questions? What are you looking for? Yeah. What's your litmus test for whether or not it's a good culture fit? Yeah. 
I mean, I've even flown out on my own dime to uh, move to a company to potentially relocate for a company. And I just said, can I have a hall pass? I just want to walk around. And they said, sure. They gave me a hall pass and they gave me access to like four buildings. And I just walked around and I didn't smell any cancer. Right. It was not, it was a non-toxic place to work. I went out there and I had some of the best seven years of my career. Um, I, I got to solve interesting problems, work with amazing people. Um, we're getting way off topic. Sorry. I tend to do that, but um, you know, I, I think, I think, I would almost say this to my younger self. You, you know that you're ready for the interview when you know what questions, when you've done enough research on the company and the opportunity that you know what questions you want to ask too, mm. right? Because then, because then I know that I've got skin in the game. I've got control, right? And maybe it's just a mind trick, but it, I, think it's a, I, think, I think it's a real one. Um, uh, and, and so today when... I'm interviewing. Um, I have one or two questions. And if you ask me what they are, I, I couldn't tell you because they're always based off of what's the reputation of the business in the workspace. Mm. Not necessarily in their industry. Okay. I said workspace very specifically. Do they have a reputation for, um, you know, I'm going to jump over that table and break your arms if you make one more punctuation mistake, right? Are they that kind of company? Do you want to work for that kind of company? Yeah. Are they really that kind of company, right? Um, and do or you know pick and choose your battles you know what every company let's let's pick on amazon actually i know microsoft works much this way too so we'll pick on those two big ones um every group of about 10 people is a different team and a different expression of the corporate culture so you can go from one team and be like oh my god best ever oh my god best ever and then you can you can literally walk five cubicles over and be miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as an interviewee, first one or two out of the gate, I suck um, because I'm, I'm I'm overthinking it. Um, as the process goes on, I, I I've dialed in how to self coach or self talk, walk in with confidence, um, and frankly have done homework to say, do I want to participate? Yeah makes you so much more invested too when you actually have questions that you're interested in getting answered because you're seriously considering this is the place you're going to spend the next you know 20 plus months right and that, that I, I feel like it. is a game changer in my head of okay do i care enough to do the, this research because i'm actually considering this or is this just a warm-up interview and maybe i should spend some more time on it right so uh yeah let me tell you as an interviewer and somebody asks me quite those qu kinds of questions i love it I love it. Even if, even if I'm already 80% down the road of making a decision that this is not going to be a good fit. I love that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Do you have any other tips or advice for folks who are preparing for interviews or technical interviews? Um, gosh, that's a really good question. First and foremost. So get confident, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if you're naturally self-critical, you know, grab your, your cell phone, record, a speech to get out of your own head and, and to remind you that you're confident that, that you're skilled, talented, and amazing. Um, I love to tell people in, in my everyday life, do you semicolon, you are amazing. Hmm. Right. So anybody listening to this, do you, you are amazing. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it's a nice platitude and, and I hope to turn it into a t-shirt business or something. 
I genuinely believe it. People are, will astound you both negatively and positively every stinking day. So if you're in that realm of, of naturally hyper self-critical, figure out how to get a positive tape playing in your head. Because mm. if you can't go in the room with confidence, nobody's going to want to hire you. Yeah. Um, the second thing, and, and we talked about this during um, break, is that um, learn to deal with rejection, mm. right? Especially in this next year, the, the technical industry is going through some Herculean shifts. Um, you've got, uh, you, you know, you, we've got what's going on with Twitter, right? They, they've laid off an incredible number of, of, of brilliant people, uh, some of whom I've known. There's an almost overnight change in the culture. Um, most of it, if we read the papers correctly, appears to be driven by economics. Um, we know that there's inflation pressure, which means then technology companies are going to look to lower their 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 so hiring freezes. Positive self-talk, but you're going into this environment where you're probably going to get a lot of rejection. Understand they're not making a value judgment. What they're saying is you're not the right person for this role at this time. Yeah. And do what you need to do to, to wash that off. Um, on the technical side, you know, do your research. You know, there are only so many interesting Java questions we can ask. There are only so many interesting uh, uh, machine learning questions we can ask. Um, so be prepared, right? Show up, be prepared. And, and I would say the last thing is this, if you're ever asked a question that is a, have you ever failed? Hmm. Don't lie. Yeah. We've all failed, right? Yeah. We, we have all failed. Um, but know how to tell that story where you learned something. Yeah. Right. What, right. So, um, you know, um, I made the joke earlier about tell me, and I can't remember if this is recorded or not, but tell me about a time when you cost your business um, five times your annual salary. Yeah, I did that. And I had to go to my boss and say, Bob, his name was Bob Hunter. Um, and I said, Bob, um, I've made a mistake and we need, we need to have a conversation about it. And of course he was in the middle of doing something else. Like, what, what, what do you mean? So it's really bad. We need to talk now. Okay. So we talked about it. I explained to him what happened. I said, I expected this to happen, but I didn't know this system did this other thing. You know, we've lost uh, $125,000 over the last month. Would you like my resignation? And he goes, no, why? Why? I just spent $125,000 in teaching you a lesson. Why? Why? No, get back to work, right? And that, I remember that moment so vividly because I was, I mean, I just had a kid. I, I was absolutely convinced I was out of a job. Mm -hmm. um, and and. What where what I'm trying to get at, if I failed to say this, is in the interview, you need to be confident, but you also when you're asked those kinds of questions, you need to be humble enough to say, Yeah, I have made mistakes. Yeah. What they're not going to tell you is what they're listening for is how have you benefited from that mistake? Yeah. Um, and if you can if you can turn that around and say, and then I was consulting or I was doing a code review and I saw somebody about ready to use the exact same approach. And I was able to say, don't do that because da, 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 right. Yeah. Then that goes a long way to demonstrating 
teachability, humility, um, and, and that you're paying attention. Well, that was a long answer. Sorry. No, no, it's great. I think it's so important though, trying to understand what is the question that a company's actually asking, right? Sometimes the question that the words that they say do not make it immediately clear what they are looking for in your answer, right? Like you said, if it's time about a time that it's um, your salaries, you know, you've done something that costs five extra salary. If the response is, oh, I, I put a zero where I should have put a one and we immediately lost millions of dollars, right? I think there's a big night capital thing in the past where right, millions right. of dollars in trades happen instantly, right? Or within seconds. Um, and, and if all you said was, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Like, right, like right. You might get the probing from the interviewer to go, oh, okay. So what'd you learn from that? Hopefully they, they give you, you know, push you in the direction that they actually, what they want to hear from the, the yeah. um, question, but often they won't. So you have to have, have done it enough, maybe have enough practice, mm-hmm. uh, have enough, like, um, kind of, I don't know, business intelligence to recognize, oh, they're not, they don't want to know when I failed. They want to know is when I failed and what I learned from it, right? They want to know when I've had a, a dispute with a yep. coworker and how we got through it because inevitably we'll have some dispute in the future and then we'll have to work through it, right? Um, yes, so yes. Understanding that, like what they're actually asking you. And some of that can just come from look up the 50 question, top 50 HR questions or, or interview questions. And just, you don't have to have a canned response. You don't really want a canned response, but at least glance at them and know, okay, what are they actually trying to get at with this? Because you do see a lot of the same types of questions over and you over. You do. And it, it's it's have a strategy, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, I don't, my personal style is, I do not give somebody a diving save. If they tell me, if they tell me they suck, they suck. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, it, it, it's, that's it pains me to say that right so black and white and so harshly but hopefully for our listeners it, it's or your listeners sorry hi i've got an ego it's all about <laughs> me folks um but that that because i can't tell you what it is i'm looking for um there's a supreme court uh judgment um sorry i like to teach by analogy um and they were asked to define pornography and they said well, we can't define it, but we'll recognize it when we see it. Yeah. Right. There, there's a little bit of this adversarial thing is I do know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily tell you within the course of the interview what it is I'm looking for. Yep. Because I can't help you. I can't give Taylor Dorsett any more of an advantage over uh, 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 Angela Murphy. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, um, uh, Zimbeke uh, Umkwala, right? Uh, and these are people that that I, I have working relationships with. Them, mm-hmm. you, and then I'm making up names, but drawing from people I've really worked with. I can't give any one of them special treatment. Mm-hmm. If I'm giving them special treatment, I'm breaking my responsibility under hiring practices to keep it fair. Yeah. So you're right. Um, now, people will people are guilty of making diving saves. Um, that will often be a when you said this, yeah, I heard blah, right? Those types of questions when asked by an interviewer are definitely signaling something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't panic. You still might give them the answer they don't want, but it, it, it but that's that that's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You you said the confidence thing as well. Be confident, which is such a hard thing to to do. I'll tell you, I've tried just about everything, and and coming from a 
uh sports background in, in high school and college like i think i had a lot of stuff that worked in that setting which i tried and some of it works i've done everything from you know the the power posing um to i uh, used to listen to you know I had the same pump up music I would listen to for sports before I went into interviews. I used to listen to comedy specials on my way to interviews because I, you know, thought it would make me a little more friendly. I've done everything, right? And some of it worked for me, some of it didn't. Um, but I would say if you're struggling with that, be confident. Try all of those things. Right? The worst case scenario is you go, yeah. well, cross that one off the list. Best case is, yeah, you go to the bathroom and you stand in the stall on a power post for three minutes before your interview, but you do 20% better. Great. <laughs> do it before it, every interview. Right. But you know what? But even 1% can, can make the difference yeah. between a yes and no. Um, the, uh, I did a, a musical for the first time this last summer and mm -hmm. I'm not a fantastic singer folks. Um, like this was not outside of my comfort zone. It was into outer space of discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my voice coach said, well, before you go into audition, just, just do, just do a star pose. Right. That was yeah. her notion of the power pose. Right. And I thought, oh, this is crazy. I did it. Right. And, and, and it was so funny. I was so nervous that I gave my music to the accompanist and I struck the star pose. And then I looked at her and I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I think part of the reason I got cast was they wanted to be able to ask the question, what was all that about? <laughs> right. And I honestly told them, I said, I was so freaked out that I had to, I just, I did it. Yeah. Um, there's power, right? There's, there's real genuine power in doing something, anything. Um, you know, uh, I, I knew somebody who would um, rub their belly, right? And, 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 uh, and, and getting ready to do something that would uh, rub their belly and then tell them how, what an amazing person they were. And then anytime they got nervous in the, the, interview like i'm rubbing my belly here and you can barely tell i'm doing anything yeah because you know the camera's this high up when you're sitting in a room and you're 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 behind a desk same thing yeah do something have a plan yeah absolutely i love it uh do you have any additional advice or, or different advice for early career folks maybe this is their first job search or they're they're yeah you know, they've had one um, and now looking for their second job the first one or two are hard they're typically harder um it doesn't mean that interviewing gets any easier. It, it means that finding, convincing people you're the right person for the role can be harder. Um, and sometimes you don't have enough experience under your belt to give you that, even, even if the tape is stuck in uh, uh, negative mode, mm. that you've got wins under your belt that, that are fun and interesting and impressive. Um, what I would say is this, I, I talked very early on about, I like to start interviews with elevator pitch. Yeah. Have one. Yeah. It never hurts to have an elevator pitch. Are you gonna use it within a the context of an interview? Well, you certainly will if you, if you interview with me. Um, in that, how can you convince somebody within a, a 10 to 20 second window, a monologue, mini monologue, you're interesting, you're likable and you're relatable. Because if I, if I, if you're interesting and you're likable and you're relatable, you've triggered my, all of our, right. You've triggered our bias on, on yeah. the other side of the table to want to hire you. Yeah. We want to be surrounded by people who are interesting, who are likable and are relatable. If you have that, that mini monologue, I think that goes a long way to um, giving you 
a cornerstone of confidence. And because you have it memorized, and, and if you're maybe you're in that that stall doing your power pose, I'm going to do the star, right? Which is going to be awkward as heck because somebody's walking by and it's got a little <laughs> thing. But you know, you and you're just internally playing that tape of how amazing you are mm. in that moment in time. How amazing you are! I I think it just it's going to carry through into the interview. Um, I do that. I mean, yeah. full confession mode. I, I do that. Um, I've, I have some training as an, as an actor and I've performed on stage. So, um, there's a way you can trick the brain into assuming the power pose, right? And, and it's, um, uh, it's called, uh, energy, it's called ener energy posing or energy positioning. And so you memorize what this feels like with the energy shooting out in all five directions, head, arms, and feet. And then you can be in a fetal position and still channel that reality. Mm, and yeah. that naturally uh, has the same effect physiologically um, on your person. Um, you know, and I'm sorry, that just sounds so Jedi, heebie-jeebie, magic-wagic, but um, have, you, have that 10 to 30 second, I know I said 20 earlier, um, tell me how you're interesting. Yeah. Tell me how you're unique. Um, like early on when, uh, I was responsible for, uh, my, my primary niche was doing a lot of email marketing type work. Mm -hmm. Um, I would totally lead the conversation with, well, I was working with an international corporation and we figured out how to send Japanese content to uh, Japanese head, uh, handsets, regardless of which encryption or encoding, character encoding they use, because there isn't a Japanese standard. Uh, from that, I learned da, 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 and I feel like those are good life skills to carry into any current working position. Mm -hmm. Well, then people wanted to know, right? All of a sudden I became interesting. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you, you, you've created that, that lean in interest from the other side of the table. Yeah. Um, that having that internal monologue, that sales pitch, that elevator pitch, it takes time, right? Mm. Um, e either you're super quick witted and you, you can invent a darn good one on, on the fly or people have really thought about it and really own and possess who they are and what they bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and don't focus on, on just, you know, you know, well, I graduated from the University of Washington and with a 3.2 GPA. I don't care. It's on your resume, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Um, you know, um, but you also don't want to go to the dating site extreme, right? Sure. <laughs> on my weekends, I like to go, you know, power biking. No, within the context of what's appropriate for the interview, make yourself relatable, likable, and interesting. And I think one of the one of the best prep tools is to have that that sales pitch. Um, and be able to own it, to know it and to not make it feel like it's recitation. Yeah, totally. Right? Being able to make it sound like you're not coming up with it, but it's off the cuff, right? Like you're very confident in saying it, I think can be difficult for folks, but that is a repetition thing, right? Like if you look yeah. in a mirror or sit with your, your friend, significant other, somebody, right. Um, and, and repeat it to them and see if they say, oh, you seem kind of stiff when you do it. Okay. Let me try it again. Right. Um, or doing it in the mirror yeah. and. Just practice that. And that really does help with being able to have a, I think it's two parts, right? It's like one is the content, but one is the length. I feel like often people 
and give you a pitch, but it's two and a half minutes. After the first 45 seconds, we're going, ah, okay. Get to the point, right? I don't need to hear all of this. So it's it's the concise part. That a lot of friends can help you with that. And then just doing yeah. it to yourself, even recording yourself and listening to it back, right? Like, did you lose interest while you're listening to yourself? Okay, well, maybe you got to change this a little bit, right? And I think a lot in the terms of hooks, of like we're dropping hooks um, yes. that the interview can, yes. can kind of bite on later on. And even if they don't ask you right away, they might go, hey, you mentioned that that um, I think about uh, the Japanese uh, text messages. Like, Can you talk more about that? Because that's really interesting to me, right? And then you may get in a conversation about Japan, right? Maybe you've got a whole, yeah. whole yeah. conversation where you've actually made an impact on this person and you're not just another name on a resume. You had a whole conversation about how oh, you love Japan, yeah. they love Japan, great. Right. No. And, and uh, let me be, I think I said in some of the prep discussion, you know, what you asked, what's the longest uh, elevator pitch I've ever gotten um, at five minutes. I've so lost interest that um, that's when I will jump aggressively jump in and, and reframe. Right. Yeah. Um, I love the phrase, the idea that you use at 45 seconds, right? Everybody's attention span is different. I, I would just want to repeat everything you said verbatim. Yeah. Record it make sure you're interested in yourself. Yeah. If you aren't do some more homework. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. uh, great. Well, before we wrap up, um, one fun one for you, maybe not so fun. You have any interviewing horror stories that you're willing to share? Um, you know, that maybe people can relate to to say, Oh, if John went through this, he's had this great career, has this great career. Um, you know, I could get through it too. Wow. That's a good, um, you know, and you sent me these questions in advance and obviously I skipped one. Um, <laughs> the, horror stories yeah i sure have a few um the uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um one time as an interviewer i had a candidate who was so unqualified that it was it was painfully obvious hmm. like it, it was out of all the interviews i've done it was the first time i'd ever had anybody who was genuinely not demonstrating competency um and uh they, they did one interview and the, you know, they did it. We, so we did multi-part interviews. So first person went in, shortened their interview by 50%. So interview the person for a half hour, walked out, um, tag team, the other person in early, they came to me and said, oh my gosh, da, 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 da. And I was like, really? Okay. So then the other person wanted to tap out half hour in. Um, and I stepped in the room and I said, you know, just give me a minute. We're, 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 we're coordinating some things and even trying to redirect the candidate, they were so stuck in, and I, and I, let me give you the analysis at the end. And so as an interviewer, the hardest thing about that horror story was it was totally appropriate to tell that candidate, not even one hour into a planned six hour interview process. Mm. We've already made the decision. No. And they were convinced that the interview was going well, right? It, it, it was, it, it was a horror story of, of a horror story of a horror story. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, being twenty twenty, um, I think the person was on the uh, autism spectrum, um, and uh, in this day and age, could have benefited from an awareness that they had autism, mm -hmm. and asked for a, a, an accommodation. Um, I do know, so the thing about me is that I feel very, very guilt. I felt very, very guilty in that situation. Um, and so I've kept tabs on their career. Um, they are phenomenally successful. Mm. Uh, they, they can code like 
like a demon. Um, we may have made a regrettable decision that day, <laughs> but um, so that was, that was that horror story on the other side as the interviewer or as the interviewee um, I was involved in, and I have two that I'll share. Um, one was, uh, uh, same thing happened to me. It was a six hour. They'd asked me what I wanted for lunch, blah, blah, blah. I got 90 minutes in the interview and I was told that, yeah, we're, we're, we're not interested. Did you still get and lunch? No, I, I didn't. I, <laughs> no, it, it was like, because it started at nine and then we got to 1030 and I was like, and I was, I walked out the door. Um, and I, to this day, uh, am convinced that I was interviewing well. <laughs> so it is probably the only time in the interviewing process that I didn't learn anything. Yeah. Uh, which, which I won't say it keeps me up at night, but now that I've brought it back up, yeah, it'll probably keep me up tonight. <laughs> um, the other one is, is a bit of a horror story um, in that I was interviewing. So I told you I'd worked for Ver, uh, this small startup company called Verisept. Mm -hmm. They don't, sadly they don't exist anymore. Um, and most of what they did is now done with software. Um, we're in the interview process. It was a panel interview and, um, the panel said, we only have one question for you. Um, Chris, you want to ask your question? And he goes, sure. And he goes, uh, I see on your resume that you did the order pipeline for us West wireless. Mm -hmm. Could you walk me through how you solved this problem? Sure. Da, 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 da. And I realized in O notation in the middle of the interview, in O notation, I had done an I had done an in-cubed implementation. <laughs> so for those of you who are not familiar with Big O, uh, that's how long it would take to process N. So if it's eight, it's eight cubed. 64, uh, whatever, whatever that 280 something. Um, and I'm literally in the middle of it and I went, oh my gosh. And I turn around. And Chris is sitting at the center of it and he goes, oh. <laughs> and I said, I'm really mortified. Um, this is like the worst possible implementation. And I, and I didn't see it. I said, this is my first order pipeline. I said, I don't, I don't know how it fixed this, but I wish I'd seen it because now I said, I'm going to have to go home and think this through. I, I, I was, I was so embarrassed. Um, one of the few times in, in interviewing process, if I could have, if I could have just wished myself to not exist, right? And Chris, uh, it wasn't Chris Love, it was a different Chris. Um, he's just sitting there with his hands purse, you know, steeple in front of us and he goes, can you imagine how difficult it was to undo that when we replaced that system? <laughs> and I said, I can't imagine. I said, I did that because it gave you these features, but clearly there's a better way to go. Even sitting here today, knowing that code in and out, I don't know the answer. I said, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And I said, well, I guess it's been nice interviewing with you all. And that was my last interview for the day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, I was, I was a no hire up to the point that I said, in Chris's mind, until the point that I, 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 I had that dawning realization and I had sufficient humility to say, yeah, wow, that's really stupid. Yeah. Right. Um, so even... So if, if there's a bit of a silver lining, even those interviews that go horribly well and you're mortified or you have to confess something to somebody, things still turn out okay. Yeah. Um, the That's why I can't stress enough that even in the midst of that horror story, that hor horrific moment, um, you can learn something from it.
Mm. Right. You can do better next time. You can refine your skills. You can, um, in the moment, do what comes naturally to you, which for me is to take ownership of, of my mistakes and try to learn from them. And they really gravitated towards that. So even in my single, I mean, that one is galvanized. I mean, if you cut me open and look in my spine, you will see that one just engraved in my spine. It, yeah. it is, it, it was so embarrassing and so mortifying, an absolute true horror story. Um, but you got through it and you survived. Well, and that, yeah, thank you. I, I didn't know what to say there. So I kind of shoulder shrug. <laughs> like, ah. um, no, let's not hit. Don't never leave them on a down note. Right. George Costanza. Well, that's a wrap. Um, that's a wrap. Um, the, uh, yeah, your worst moment in interviewing is not the end of your story. Yeah. I'm a natural cheerleader, right? I mean, back in high schools, mascot cheerleader, blah, blah, blah. True stories. Um, I'm, but I'm a natural cheerleader. I don't care how bad you just mucked up the last interview you did on work through the work through the pain, work through the embarrassment, deprogram, decommission that negative self-talk uh -huh. and figure out how you're going to learn from it. Um, my son just recently graduated from DigiPen university or DigiPen mm -hmm. Institute of technology up here in Redmond, Washington. And his freshman year, they talked about the power of something called a coding duck and um, a coding duck at that school was literally, they gave that incoming freshman class these little rubber ducks and went, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And you could stick it on top of your monitor. And when you got stuck, you could turn to the duck and say, can I explain what I'm trying to do to you? And yeah. the duck, of course, can't speak, right? And so you start explaining what it is you're trying to do. And all of a sudden your brain will go, bam, right? I, I would say, no matter how shitty your interview went, even if it's going to be somebody's top one horror story experience you can learn from it yeah um just find a coding duck if it's an inanimate object like your favorite amazon teacup uh, with broken handle if, if it's a rubber duck if it's a, a teddy bear if it's a friend who, who, uh -huh. who knows how to be positive get yourself a coding duck um number one and number two it probably wasn't that bad yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because there's the whole, there's the, there's the whole emotional story, right. The emotional yeah. reality. It really probably wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and you as the individual always remember, like, like it's highly likely that no one else in that interview panel remembers that interview at all. Right. Uh, maybe yeah. that one yeah. person, but it's highly likely no one else remembers it. And those are the things that, you know, you still wake up at four in the morning going, I can't believe that happened. Right. And that's, it's hard to, to let it go. But, um, but I think that is the nice part is, is for you, it's, it's always feels worse than anyone else. And often, even if an interview went poorly, if you learn something from it, like the learning experience, if an interview went okay, a lot of times, Again, if you're not the right person at this time, it doesn't mean you won't ever be the right person. If it's a company you love, right? right you may right. be the right person six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, right? And like some of the best working relationships I've ever had have come from, oh, I met this person. It wasn't the right time for us to work together. But then in the future, oh, this makes a lot of sense, right? And like, then it's great. You already know the person. You've already kind of connected yeah. with them. You bonded with them. You know, the, the um, you know, you get along with them well, and, and that can feel like that is just as valuable yeah if you need the job today you need a job today right but you know if you're yeah. thinking about it in a long-term perspective like it's interviewing is almost networking right as long as you're not doing 
terrible things when you're interviewing, right? You're, yeah. you're meeting people that hopefully you'd like to work with, right? No, you're something. absolutely right. Um, the Hopefully I'm not derailing this. So, you know, insert opportunity to delete comments. Um, Ryan Cranston, I think his name is, uh, played uh, Breaking Dad and Malcolm in the Middle's dad, uh, Breaking Bad. Brian um, Cranston, yeah, yeah. Brian Cranston. Um, as an actor, he he has this really great uh, perspective. For acting, your job isn't performing. Yeah, that's the reward for doing your job. Mm. Your job is to book the room, mm. audition, walk out of that room, mm. forget everything that's unimportant about that that audition, and book the next room. Yeah. Uh, I know it's an, an acting analogy and, and, and I apologize for that if, it, if it's off-putting to anybody, but that's what, that's where you are in your interview process. Hmm. Your job isn't the job you're going to get. Your job in that moment is to book the room and audition the best that you can. And when you walk out, you don't know. It's in one of three states. Yay, nay, maybe. Yeah. You know? And if it's yay, they're going to call you with an offer. If it's nay, sadly, these days, they may never tell you. Yeah. And if it's maybe, they'll call you in for another interview, right? Or, or, or a follow-up phone call or something. Um, but you can't get caught up in, shit, I, I interviewed 10 times and I didn't get a job. I must suck. Yeah. Nah, man, because you're, you're not done doing your job. Your job is to book mm -hmm. the room, audition, walk out of that room and go find another audition, you know, book, book yeah. another room. Um, yeah. I, I, there's something else I could share here and I, I just don't want to rabbit trail too much. Um, but something that can think about folks can think about is for every number of submissions you do, how many interviews do you get out of inter however many interviews you get? Uh, how many follow-ups do you get? How many yeah. offers do you get? And what you're going to find is, we think in terms of success of, of that one thing, but we don't recognize is that we may need to fill that, that, that process yeah. with a hundred attempts. Yeah, totally. To get that one. It's a sales um, funnel, right? It's the way I think of it. It's a sales funnel. You got to fill top of the funnel and then eventually, you know, one offer, a couple offers clunks out the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you know, as, as a guy who's, whose responsibility increasingly is sales engineering, sales terrifies me. Yeah. Right. Put me in a room, ask me to talk about myself. Oh, you'll never get me to shut up. Yeah. You know, th this whole podcast probably being exhibit A. Um, but it, it's, you know, we're ending on horror stories, <clears throat> which, which I think is important. There's value there. Otherwise you wouldn't do it, right? The, I, I think the thing is, is that if you feel like all of a sudden you're in the J.J. Abrams action movie film epic of a horror story of your own last interview, who cares? The next person you talk to, the next person you meet knows absolutely nothing yeah. about what happened in that room or that phone call. You control the script more than you think you do. And one of the tools that, that I like to use both in as an interviewee and as an interviewer is what's your sales pitch? <laughs> um, your sales pitch does not need to include your your most embarrassing moments yeah so i love it john thank you so much it's been a blast uh and and please um 
anything you want to plug anything you want to share or tell people where they can find you online or, or not um, find if you don't want them to <laughs> no that's fine uh so uh linkedin uh john dugas it's terribly out of date i'm in the process of updating it um if you're looking for technical voiceover work uh john dugas vo on facebook um <laughs> excuse me <laughs> support your local theater uh yeah. no um and I would say this, just, just if my epitaph were, do you semicolon, you are awesome. That would be the last thing I'd want to say. Awesome. Thank you for watching the technical interview portion of the professional technical interviewee. If you want to tackle this interview question, you can find it at github.com slash professional technical interviewee. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Orsid or on Apple podcast or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.